Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And this is a show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. And I did it right that time. You did. (laughs) And today, our guest is Kizzy. And I can't wait to learn about the origin of your name and what you do and who you are and all the fun stuff. Yes. Let's take it away. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. So let's kick it off with tell us the origin of your name. I love your name. It's as fun as you and your earrings and your outfit. Like the whole brand is on point. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you this. Growing up, I didn't like Kizzy because I didn't get called Kizzy, K-I-Z-Z-Y. It was Kissy or Kissy Kissy Poo and all of those crazy things. But Kizzy is actually the name from the movie Roots, Alex Haley Roots. And so I always tease my mom because the deal that my mom and dad made is if I was a boy, she would name. And if I was a girl, he would get to name. And she didn't stop him. He named me Kizzy. So (laughs) I'm named after the movie Roots. So there's a lot of Kizzies, actually. If you were born in 77, 78, and, and your parents were Black Power, <laughs> you probably have that name. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. So tell us a little bit about what you do in your journey. Tell us how you got here. I have two, two careers going on right now. So I am the CEO of TNG Commercial Cleaning, which is a facilities maintenance company. We formed in 2003, just started cleaning restaurants or stores, retail stores, office buildings. And now since then, we have a plethora of services to manage commercial property from A to Z. I call that my nine to five. Uh-huh. And then, of course, I'm a mom. So that's my main job, being a mother. I have three sons. My part-time gig, or what I like to say is what I'm most passionate about, is mentoring girls. So I have a nonprofit, which the nonprofit is Love Circle Inc. It actually was formed because my mom passed away when I was 14. My sister was 19. And for years and years, I kept saying, I got to do something because I had a fortunate situation where I didn't get stripped from my home, go into foster care, lose myself in the process because I had a pretty much grounded family that kept me together. Right. However, there's still things that I lack, not having a mom, not having resources, not having support, not just financially, but just support. I never went on a college tour. Who I didn't even know what that was. And right. I went to college and people were talking about, oh, I toured this school, I toured that school. I'm like, I was robbed. I didn't get that opportunity. So yeah. that's why I finally said, oh, let's form this nonprofit. So in 2019, I formed it. We're still growing. Our mission is to provide resources, grief counseling, and any type of support that grieving youth and their families need. And it's for kids in all socioeconomic backgrounds throughout the Washington metropolitan area who lost a parent before adulthood. So because my sister was 19 and considered an adult, she did not receive a lot of the resources, Mm -hmm. but she really was still in need of those resources. So we're not aging out our, our youth until 26. Oh, wow. Um, that's awesome. Yes. Yeah, so I feel get through college, land your first entry-level position, 
Switch over your health insurance and then. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Get off your parents' health insurance and go. And and honestly, not only from my sister, but I, my son, who's 24, who went off to college and now is embarking and backpacking across country, something I don't know where he got that from because I like fine dining and all things extravagant. <laughs> I, but, can, I can see you with those earrings and, up on, like, yes, you know, so mountain, like. He, he still calls me, like, mom, I need this. So mom, like, I was blown away, like, maybe three weeks ago. He asked me, could I call AT&T because to check to see if the service was bad in New Mexico. And I'm saying, son, I'm, I'm all the way in D.C., I don't know what you want me to do when I call them and say, is the tower down in New Mexico? Like, you, you had the moment of like, what? <clears throat> exactly. So I, that's why I say, I know where we think we're grown and we always say, oh, when I get 18, I'm going to do this. But the reality is we still need mom and dad and family support. So that's why I said 26. I, mm. I feel like 26, you should have your footing and you should be good to go at that point. Yeah. Gotcha. And at full transparency, like I do the same for my parents now. Like they call me and they're like, can you help with Verizon? The circle of life, <laughs> for sure. It goes a full circle, right? Yeah. yeah. I started, I say maybe if I had to come to Jesus with myself, maybe about 2018. Although I like doing what I'm doing because I'm making money and I'm employing people. Like I have, once upon a time, I had 50 something employees. Now I'm down to 20. But it's, I wasn't like completely fulfilled. So I said, Kizzy, you got to stop pretending that you're a big time CEO, executive powerhouse boss, and really do something meaningful. And that's how I, I started the process of writing a book, forming this nonprofit, and beginning to say, it's girls. Even though I'm a boy mom, I have three sons, and I like rock with them. They know that I am a girl's girl. And so it's all about the girls for me. And, and that's how I got here today. It's that's what I'm most passionate about is empowering and making sure young girls have self-love and understand their worth and know their value so they can flourish and, and yep. live a life on purpose. How do you think that has transcribed into how you parent three boys? Oh, my goodness. I feel like because I'm a girl's girl and I want them to be gentlemen, and I know that what I want for myself, I would hope that, that they would give it to somebody else's daughter. Mm -hmm. And so I make sure that, you know, that they're in the kitchen, they're cooking, they're cleaning. It's not uh, just come and drop because they, they will do it. Take their clothes off and drop it in the middle of the floor. And I'm like, why no, do sir. they do that? I don't understand. It's like a trail. Like we call it by, we do that with Bison. We're like, it's the trail of Nikki. Come pick up the trail of Nikki. Yes. I, I, I come back here. And like where was that lack of awareness instilled that that's like, okay, never. <laughs> I don't know. It's just something they innately learn and know. Yeah. It's they just, can train I, clothing as they I, walk. I don't know. Is, is it a normal thing that we think that we're all supposed to be of service to them. I'm not sure, but I'm I, just, I think that it's like a combination and they're just, it's a lack of awareness of Well, it's being not an that, issue for them. It's not an issue because they're just like, it's an issue for you. I'm guessing your boys don't do that. Your boys create a trail. Lennox does, but then it's Lennox come like it. Yeah, pick up the trail. It doesn't Lennox. bother me as much as it bothers Matt, but then I just go come pick it up and he'll pick it up. Okay. That's good. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sorry. We digress. Oh, it's okay because I, I was just going to say, 
I'm, I'm anal and having sons, not my oldest son, he got it. But then when the twins came, they just shook up the world and it just came in and it's like their world. And so it's, it allowed me to not be so anal. I still fuss a lot, but they're like, okay. Yeah. So I, then I have to like, look, you, 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 I'm not playing with you. Pick this up. But then I end up picking it up anyway. So what do you think is your biggest challenge as a boy mom? Oh, my God. My big my biggest challenge as a boy mom, I would have to say for them to take me seriously sometimes because we have such a great relationship and I laugh and I joke with them. It's like trying to get them to not cross that line because I, mm-hmm. I, I constantly remind them it's a thin line, guys. I'm really not playing like. Right. Right. I'm serious. Yeah. So like at the end of the day, I'm still your parent, even though we can we can hang and we can have yes. fun, but I'm still your parent. Exactly. And honestly, I I don't want to say like protective or overbearing, but those are my boys. Like they're my everything. So even with my oldest son having a girlfriend now, at first when he was in college and I said, I didn't send you here to get a girlfriend. And now my biggest thing with the twins, because they're 13 now. And they think that they're old enough to have a girlfriend. And I'm like, no, we're just going to wait until a few weeks before prom and get you a prom day. And then that's it. But so that's the thing is I have to know that they're going to make friends and they're very sociable. So they have lots of friends. But I have to deal with that part. Oh, they're going to one day grow up, get into a serious relationship. Like you have to share them now. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And I don't know about that too much. Yep. Yep. For me right now in the season that we're in, my biggest struggle as a boy mom, because I have two boys as well. I have two boys. So 10 and seven. And the season we're in now, it's the toxic masculinity in regard to sports in that area. Yes. Yes. It's getting really toxic this season. Yeah. And I like my neurological system was like on fire, like literally the games, watching the games would disrupt me inside because mm-hmm. parents are screaming and it's basketball right yeah yeah so like the difference is like with ice hockey yelling. they're automatically hitting each other so i'm like <laughs> oh it's all this and i'm thinking to myself it happens hey mom and dad or it's not really the mom well no that's not true hey parents just sit there and be quiet and watch them play the game stop yelling at them yeah from the sidelines yep. coaches yep. are yelling it was all just like too much for me and i was like they're trying their best. They're not going to get out there and intentionally screw up and right. embarrass right. themselves in a freaking gymnasium full of people. And so, like, just cut them some slack that they're trying their freaking best and everybody just shut the hell up and stop yelling. This oh, I feel saying. bad for you. I'm so sorry. Well, I, I'm going to apologize because I'm one of those. Pr- But I think you can cheer for it. We have somebody. There's a difference between cheering and encouragement. They're not encouraging. They're critiquing. Yeah. Okay. So that's a difference, right? We have a mom. We have a mom on our on our hockey team. Literally, she is the team cheerleader. Like you can hear her above. It's okay if I'm not loud because she's got me. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like she's got. I love mom, and I cheer for everybody. Yeah. That's the difference. That's the difference. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Versus that toxicity, because we've talked about this yes. before. Like even when, like when Nicholas was playing with the Y football or whatever, like 
the other coach is six years old. The other coach is like throwing the clipboard down and the other yeah. six. And it's, they would get mad because our team was really good because Scott had fun with them. Like it was the way that you relate. Sorry, your team's losing. We're just better. I'm like you, Kizzy. <laughs> I'm like, yay, great shot. And another, a, yeah. a mom on our team is like, what are you doing? They're on the other team. And I go, but that was a good shot. Right. Like, we like that, got, was a, that was a good right. play. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. And I'm like, an equal I'm, opportunist encourager. I wouldn't cheer for the other team, but I will. I, I will admit, like, you can, I think that's where we look at it and we're like, you know what? Like, they're out there. The main thing is for our kids. And yeah. once they no longer have fun and they don't, like, if they're passionate about something, we don't want to destroy it. Mm-hmm. And by, by putting too much pressure and, and overwhelm on them. And we also want them to continue to have fun. And. Literally, who's going to have fun with their parent embarrassing that and giving them a hard time or potentially you might they might be upset that you're cheering for the other team, but they're going to say, hey, mom, can you not do that versus that's a whole other story. But but I think that there's a difference and there's a difference, I think, in the way that boys sports are treated versus the way that girls sports yeah. are treated and the way that girls are are related to from the sidelines and, and the cheering squads. Do you hear that like from the girls that are part of your program, do you hear that there there's something lacking there when it comes to sports or lack of encouragement or do they feel... What's their experience? Yeah. So for the girls that I'm in relation with, most of my girls are cheerleaders and I made the mistake uh, a few years ago and I say, is this a sport? Cause I'm used to like basketball <laughs> and, and it was like sacrilegious and I, I, I'm so sorry. I will never make that mistake again. <laughs> and then I actually went to a competition and I was like, oh, heck yes, this is a sport. Okay. Cause they're flipping and doing all yep. types of things. I feel like they're saying it's just as competitive as it is with boy sports. The only thing that I'm getting is that they don't get the support at mm-hmm. schools, the backing, the if you go to a girls basketball team, you might have 10 people in the stand versus if the boys basketball is shortly right after it's fully booked with everybody in the stands. So that's what I'm getting that. Which is again, if, sending them that message is you're not as valuable as. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yes. So yep. that's what happens. They don't have the backing and the support, but they want to play football. Like my, my son's, they're playing hockey right now, actually. And guess what? They're going to skate with the Caps today at their Capitals practice. So they're excited about that. How old are they? 13. They're, they're yeah, a year the, above. The twins. Yeah, yeah they're, they're 14 above. you. Yes. Or, uh-huh. no, this, this, Scott. Poor Scott. Sorry. Didn't yeah. mean to say that. They're they're a year ahead. My kid, my son's in 12 you. Okay, nice. Yeah. So this is our first year, 14 you, And it's been a struggle because their team is... Mm-hmm. They're not that good this year. They're kind of what we say in North Carolina, bless their heart. Bless their heart. <laughs> yes, exactly. As long as they're bless having fun. Yes. And I'm still cheering and screaming and yelling yeah. for them. But that's also what they get to go play with the Capitals. Yeah. That's. Yes. So it's it's going to be fun. But I was going to say uh, that, as you're right, they're not shown as that valuable. And they want to play. We have some girls that want to play football, that want to play not with the girls, but with the boys. Yes, they yep. just want to play. And they yep. just want to play. And I love it because there's a young lady on the Jackson and Carter's team, and that's my girl. Like, she wears a red helmet. 
and I call her Rez, but she is tough. And I'm, and I'm always screaming for Charlotte, like, Charlotte, get on the road for the money. And so I always tease my sons. I'm like, yeah, Charlotte can take you down. You know, and so, and so in practice, they give her a little extra elbow or whatever, because they're like, nope. But yeah, so it's tough. But I just tell the girls, you just keep coming with all of your might and all of your power and you will rise to the occasion. So, What are some of your biggest lessons and takeaways as a CEO that you then apply to the nonprofit working with the girls? Some of my, first of all, I learned as a CEO that you have to be creative. Number one, you have to be creative. So I apply that for every challenge. Instead of just focusing on the challenge, I'm more so focused on, okay, what's the solution? I've mm -hmm. learned that. What is the solution and how can I get to it? The quickest way I could get to it, the solution versus staying in the problem. Because there's some days I would, I used to wake up with anxiety. Oh my gosh, am I going to make payroll? Oh my gosh, is, is this client going to love us? All, all types yep. of craziness. And I've learned from that that I've transferred now to this nonprofit, which is Love Circle Inc. Is that, listen, you, I'm going to be creative. I'm going to be proactive. And I'm going to focus on the solution versus the problem. Because building a team to that level of 20 to 50 you know, employees and that level of commitment and responsibility of how they feed their families and how they support themselves is based on you and how you feed your families is based on how they perform and how, you know, if the customer yeah. satisfied by the work that they did, things like that. So what if, what would you say are the biggest lessons when it comes to that level of leadership and commitment and responsibility? So the, for that level of leadership and responsibility, I just pride myself on never thinking that I am above my staff mm -hmm. or, or, or the people that come in, come in my contact and I get right to their level. I roll my sleeves up. And, and I know that I empower them because I come in and I'm on my hands and knees. And, and listen, this is, we're going to get this job done. And I just let them know that what I often tell them is that we're in this together, but I tell them, I'm not your boss. Our client is our boss. Mm -hmm. So we have to work together as a team. If we want to keep this wheel chucking and spinning around, that we have to do this together. And so I just... I just stay, stay on their level. Of course, they know that I'm the leader and that I have responsibilities. And, but for the most part is I never want them to feel like I'm, I think I'm above them because I'm only as good because there is correct. Good. So I have to yep. work with yep. them, train them, empower them, motivate them. And, and then when we get new contracts, I'm like, hey, we got a new contract. I don't run out and place an ad. I come right to the core team and say, hey, you want this new opportunity? How do you want to do it? You, and then if they can't fulfill it, then we go and hire new people. Right. I roll my sleeves up. And I've been in places just because I thought I was going to do a quick walkthrough and I had on my nice clothes and I saw something and I'm like, oh, no, let me come here. Let me show you this. And I have the you know, yep. get down and dirty as well. So as our slogan says, uh, leave the dirty work to us. So... Love that's it. what that's what I do. I love how she like specifically called out the terms that like make both of our hearts sing. The empowerment that like you're not here to she said leader, not a the, like, right. Like all of the things that were just like, oh, yeah, yes. 
<laughs> because I think, right, because that's going to then reflect in uh, the environment and the the message that you're giving to these girls, too. It's the culture you create. Yeah. Your business is the culture that you then create within your nonprofit and communities, all communities. Yeah. 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 Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. You said that at the beginning that your mom passed when you were 14 and that experience for you was the inspiration behind this next stage in doing the nonprofit and what gives you fulfillment. Take us back to there of what that experience was like for you. Tell us, share about your mom so we can connect with her too. So tell us. Oh, absolutely. So my mom, uh, who's Doris, it's her name, and she was diagnosed with breast cancer in her early 30s. And we thought she was going to survive because she went into remission for a while, but then it's the cancer came back. And so by the time she was 40, is when she passed away and I was 14. So I always tell people that I survived cancer. My mom didn't survive cancer, but I did. Mm -hmm. um, because I, so this, I've I seen her at eight, nine, 10, 11, like some days where she couldn't get up, she couldn't go to work. She, you know, was really ill. And then there were many days because she was a strong, independent woman. And I think that's, I know that's where I get it from being so strong and independent because right. that's what she embodied. And so there were days where she was like, I'm going to beat this cancer. Cancer is not going to take me. And I got this. And so that's how um, I watched it. So I always say I survived cancer because God be the glory. Like I didn't get strung out on drugs. I didn't have a bunch of babies. I hear all these horror stories of prostitution, of everything, because you're lost, you don't feel worthy, and, and you just get into a life of shame or whatever, and you make one bad choice after that, and just a domino effect. However, I will say there were a lot of times, and I still struggle today and reminding myself that I'm not alone. I've always felt like ever since my mom passed away, like I was just on the island by myself. Even though I had a dad, grandparents, even though I had family, I just, there was just a part of me that was like, okay, they're just, I'm still by myself and I have to do everything and figure everything out. And so even when I started my business, I didn't even know to seek help, like get a mentor. It was like, oh no. And I would just, I would thank God for Google. I would just Google everything. Oh, how do I do this? How do I do I yep. always just struggled with thinking that I had to do everything and figure everything out on my own. Mm -hmm. And I've had a mentor several and I know how to ask for help. <laughs> I'm so thank you, Jesus. I understand how to ask for help. It's still a struggle, but I do know that I'm not here by myself. And, mm -hmm. and so that was one of the biggest challenges of losing my mom at 14. And like I say, even having a dad right there in the house, I still just, I don't know. I think it was like, I, it was embedded in me. Like, once you, if you don't have your mother, you have nothing. You know what I mean? That's it. And I just took that. And it's just always been like, okay, I have to figure these things out. And I think that's why I'm all over my sons. I drive them crazy. They're like, mom, please. I, if anything could happen in a split second, and I would dare not want them to feel like, abandoned mm -hmm. or right. if God forbid I had if I died today or tomorrow so I'm I, I gotta keep reminding myself don't put so much pressure on them to do reframe it totally over the year they're yes. in face right yeah. reframe that a little bit <laughs> so that, yes. that, you can be like or, or make the you can make the hockey reference you're gonna be the 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 coach you're gonna be the, the monitor in the penalty box 
right? Because there's always somebody standing in the penalty. Oh, yeah. I was just letting Sarah know. She's not a hockey person. And so there's always a parent volunteer that stands in the. You can be that person. And you can be there to support them and give them the pat on the shoulder and be like, yeah. Yes. And you can be their home base, their safe space to land. I think that it's important. Like, that's one of the things that we struggle with as parents and, and as role models. Like, how do we how do we not really fuck up our kids? And we just joke all the time in our house, like we're just giving them more stuff to talk about in therapy. So it's fine. We'll figure it out, actually. But I think that's a really fine line that we all cross. And then if you if something, God forbid, were to happen to any one of us. Right. What legacy did we leave behind? Absolutely. Very good. Yeah. 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 What do you think that what was your mom's legacy? Oh, my mom's legacy was that she wanted us to be empowered. So her legacy was that you are to carry yourself and conduct yourself in a manner that is not perfect because nobody's perfect. And she never tried to put that on us, but she did want us to strive for excellence and understand that we deserve the best and we are worthy of, of the best and that we should never settle for anything less than that. And that's what she mostly encouraged my sister and I is that it's not okay to not strive for excellence and to, and to accept just any old mediocre um, thing. Like you need to really understand your worth and your values and what you bring to the table. And so that's what she left us. And I'm not going to say that I got it at 14, but I had little bits and pieces of it and, and little deposits along the way. And so now I can fully say, okay, I understand my value and my work. So that's what my mom was talking about all, all in those years ago. Like, yep. you have to do this and, and not settle. Because there was a lot of times where I did settle for less and not... I'm not speaking just on a man. I'm just saying I took a job because I was afraid to go after a bigger job or more fulfilling job. I was just like, okay, I'll just just work here and be in the office, that type of thing. So, yeah, understanding. I can see. There's so many times we settle and we don't even realize oh, it. Little thing. Oh my God. And that yeah. comes back to our boundaries discussion from earlier. So, like, Sarah and I are doing a workshop on boundaries and, and business and burnout and those. And it was a, in my face. Oh, you, these are things that you need to address before we go and deliver this workshop so that I'm actually like walking the walk and not just stay here because I settle and I let people like push my boundary lines because uh, that's just well, it's interesting. a thing that I do. Because <laughs> I'm yes. very anti-settling. Like yes. that, it, like I'm like, but then you don't realize, right? But like, then, oh. so we ordered a, this is a silly, I know it seems like a no, silly example, silly. It's but it's such a call to you. example of how we settle. Uh-huh. So we asked, like we hired somebody to build us an entertainment center with a live edge on top. We sent pictures, measurements, like the whole shebang. We've waited since last July. So he finally sends us a picture. <laughs> I was given all kinds of grace a, and understanding. Smith the the metal right. and his forge. But then he for the saw. pictures and is can I deliver it? And I looked at it and I was like, that's that's that's, that's not what we that, that's not right. So the live edge, you can see the box of the entertainment center below. The live edge isn't big enough for the piece. He did not pick the right piece. Now, maybe before I'd been like forget it. We freaking waited like eight months for this shit. I'm over it. I'm tired of dealing with it. Just deliver the damn thing so I can move on with life. And I looked at the picture and I was like, I'm not settling 
If that thing was in my damn house and I looked at it every damn day that I walked past the living room or every damn time I was sitting there watching a movie with my kids, it would be a physical representation of settling for less than yep. what we and less than what we ordered, yep. less than what we expected, less than what we desired and dreamed. And I was like, I am not having that representation in my damn house. And it's a daily visual <laughs> reminder. It's even more so because I use that analogy too with my clients with when we're doing the photos, because I'm like, if you're not in if this is not meeting your expectation, you need to tell me. Because if you're settling, then you're gonna have a bad you're gonna you're gonna label this experience as something and then you're gonna look at the photos and nothing is gonna be right. Because everything is gonna be lit through this lens that you're not so please let's work just tell me. Do you see I have a question that's related. So do you see where the girls that you work with, right? Like that they are putting those expectations and settling on them, settling for less than just because that's what they've been taught or uh, we're told as women, because we're told as women to do that or <laughs> right. Yeah. Like the, the messages that they're receiving from social media, like where does that all, I know that's a big question. So social and, and boundaries, how are they doing? <laughs> oh, they're struggling as well, unfortunately. And it's, a lot of it is you don't want to be confrontational, and but we get that misconstrued that you can address a situation and speak up and it doesn't have to be conflict. And you yep. can disagree and it still doesn't have to be conflict. With their mental capacity, they don't understand that just quite yet and they're not able to truly articulate their feelings. So they settle when they're just accepted and they're just like, okay, my, my friend said something, but I didn't really like it, but I didn't mm-hmm. want to say anything because, because I didn't want to- nice. Yeah, and, and, and God forbid we as ladies don't be nice. My, my grandmother used to say that all the time. <laughs> young ladies are nice. And I'm like, what does that mean? I right. was nice. You know? so, well, I'm being nice by being honest and telling you what I actually think and feel. Sorry. Yes. Truth is so nice. we have to break that down. That's what I work with the girls that I talk to is to let them know that it's okay to articulate your feelings and it doesn't have to be conflict. And, yes, you know, because feelings are neither good nor bad. They just are. Oh, my God. We're back in the studio. I haven't said it in a long time. Just saying. <laughs> yes. And so with social media, that's a big monster there. I try to empower the girls that I talk to as well as my sons, because my younger ones, I'm saying mm-hmm. the twins. It's not real. It's smoke and mirrors. Like yep. and really the stuff that is taken in real time. It's, a, it's 60 seconds, if even that. Yep. It's probably three seconds. So you don't even get to see the full picture. You just see the optics of what yep. you think is happening in the background. And so it's just, I'm trying to teach people, it's okay to go on there just to look for guilty pleasure and to get some kicks and giggles. But please do not uh, get self-absorbed in, right. in social media because it's not real. It's yeah. definitely not real. And I found myself one day, I was just like, oh, look at her body. Oh, she looks good. Oh, look at that. And then I said, oh, wait a minute. You don't even know how many layers of filters is yeah. on this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But get your, I had to snap out of it. Oh, maybe I want to get surgery. So it, it can just suck you down a rabbit hole really yeah. quickly. So I, that's what yeah. I'm like, just please do not. This, that's, I'm like, it's fake. Yeah. Like, and that's exactly. what I love about when people put that stuff out there for real on social. When the, one of my dear friends, she had a picture of her and her husband at the beach. And I was like, holy shit, 
she's beautiful. How did she get her body to look like that? Thankfully, we're friends. And I literally sent her a DM and I'm like, what, what are you doing? Tell me, share your secrets. Tell me. I went and I had this done. And I had this done. And I had this done. And I was like, thank you for being honest about that. And saying yeah. that you, instead of saying, I, I have, a, I just I work out. out. That's the line that killed me. I just work out. I'm like, really? I saw a real I saw the best reel this morning that was like a woman was like, I my doctor I talked with my doctor. I was like 75 pounds overweight. So I started getting up every morning at five o'clock and going to the gym. And I went back and followed up with my doctor and I gained weight. (laughs) And she was like, because nobody talked to me about the food. Right. So, like, she was working out. She was walking. She was getting cardio. She was doing okay. the things that she thought she was supposed to do. And then she was like, oh, and then I hired a nutritionist and I lost 75 pounds. And it was like, that was where it was yeah. at the, it was the weight for it. Because she had to, uh, to do the little bomb drop. And, yeah. and but right, that's the thing. Because if you're going to, if you're going to look at it and be like, somebody's like, I wake up at five o'clock every morning and I just go to the gym and this, oh, I like this. No. Yeah. Fuck no. no. Well, you're not going to tell the, the truth. truth. None of it. They're not. It's fake. It's so yeah. fake. And then not only just with body, but we now have kids that are depressed because yeah. so-and-so yeah. has this car. Like my son's like, mom, this YouTuber, he has 10 cars. I say, oh, I can't even. Don't even get me started on the YouTubers. I said, son, it, they're probably rented and they probably... A group of them, four or five of them probably rented these sports cars for the day, probably $600 for for 10 hours. And they took about 10 videos and some pictures and they're recycling. Like, yes. I love it. Yeah, we actually have that. You're like, let me break down the truth for you. Yeah. Yeah. They do it. This is how it's done. Yes. (laughs) We have a local gamer who's like super famous on on youtube who's like gone and bought people houses like he'll just show up and be like here i bought you a house or like here i bought you a car or because he has ridiculous money and he's 23 and he's i don't need all this money so i'm just gonna give all my shit away but it is it's still having those conversations of do you know what he took to get to that point i may live in greenville north carolina but like he spent years curating content, creating this. It's not just that he woke up one day and can give away right. cars Absolutely. and houses. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And so you just have conversations. Truthful talks. I love Definitely. it. Yeah. I love it. I love truthful talks. Me too. I enjoy that. This has been a great conversation. Yes, it has. It's just it's about And I'll, I'll admit, I was a little nervous. I was like, oh, I don't know what they're going to ask. I haven't prepped. Oh, my gosh. That's how we get the when you talk about what you're passionate about and, and you're transparent and it's all good. Did we make our expectations or oh, did you absolutely. have to settle? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I didn't settle at all. And actually, I like it that you curse and everything because <laughs> I have a potty mouth and I was yes. sitting here all all this time trying not to curse. Don't say a curse word. And then I said, Oh, they curse like I curse. And that's the thing we get most often is, will you send us questions? And I'm like, nope, we're unscripted. Yeah. Except for this yeah. one thing that we'll just ask you some questions. But, you yeah. know. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Kizzy, let our listeners know how can they connect with you? Yes. Okay. So I hang out mostly on Instagram, but I am on all social media platforms at I am Kizzy Dogan. So that's I am K-I-Z-Y D-O-G-A-N. And um, my website is www.kizzykdogan.com. They can find me there. I would love for them to come and sign up and get their young girls. Our monthly newsletter that we send out has great content. And 
check me out on my website. Or like I said, I hang out mostly on Instagram. That's where I am. I, over the pandemic, I've become one of those people that just scroll, scroll, scroll. And then I'll look up and 30 minutes have passed. And I'm like, this is sucking my blood. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I just followed you back. I, yes. Thank yes. you. Yeah. I'm like, I think I'm losing brain cells. Let me go do something more pu- productive and positive. Yeah. For sure. It's so funny because people will be like, didn't you see that? Because my my business is all revolving around visual platforms and social media and all that. And I'm like, no, because I don't really spend that much time. Good for you. Do not. I can go down the TikTok and the Reels rabbit hole. Like that shit will suck me in. The the short videos, those things, that's what will get me is those, you know, and and then I'll just follow the links. And like I'm hopping along. And then it's just, yeah. It, they that, love you. They do. They love you. Riding, yes, yes. riding the algorithm. Yes, riding, yes. Yes, ride it, ride it. Totally. Good. I love it. I love it. Connect with us at girlswhodostuff.com. Subscribe to our email list for fun announcements and leave us a review. It helps other people find our stuff. We would be so grateful to you for taking those actions so we can get this out into the world and change more lives. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And And you you do you, you, boo. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media. 